You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show, the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We don't have any new callers today, so let's get started with Omar. Hey, what's going on, Omar the Firefighter? How you doing? Good. Uh, I, it was, I forgot to mention when I called last time, I think uh, Steph called about the whole DJ Stroud versus question. And I, and I think, and I agree with you, I think if you was, took yourself out of being a Packers fan, CJ Stroud being a rookie and playing so well, versus Jordan Love, which is like one of his fourth year. You know, I got mad love for Jordan Love, but I think he was talking about how the fact that uh, Jordan Love had way more touchdowns. And y'all didn't hit on this point, or I don't think a lot of people saw this point. Look at the receivers. CJ Stroud got one receiver, Nico Collins, who I asked with us to draft. So when he was in the draft, we didn't get him, I was like pissed. But anyway, um... Uh, that's all he has to throw to. Joe Love got like five receivers and two tight ends to throw to. If you, if you was to switch, right, without having those interceptions as well, and under the Matt LaFleur system, I think CJ Stroud will have um, a beast of a year because without the turnovers. Um, so y'all gotta also look at that point. Um, like, I hear another argument, side story. Of like some people say, oh well, Brock Purdy had a is more of an MVP than Lamar Jackson. But if you was to switch teams, Brock Purdy would not lead the Ravens to the <laughs> to the playoffs, you know. So, and probably 49ers would be like unstoppable because you have to stop Lamar with the running back and the tight end and the wide receiver. It would be like they're going Pro Bowl team. So. uh I got to feel like a lot of people, when they compare QBs, you have to look at everything, including, most importantly, the team and who's around them. So that's why I always feel like Aaron Rodgers would be a superb Super Bowl champion if he was with the Patriots because he had all those extra talents. And if he had a defense, you know, with that, that that, uh, Tom had, it would be – crazy, but um, I didn't really respect Tom because I always felt like the defense and the kicker and everybody had something them until the Falcons game. I, I know I'm touching on like five different t- subjects, but the Falcons game, when he came back, he was that proved to me he was the man. And um, also, he really didn't have a lot of receivers either. So anyway, go back, go. So, you know, I, you know I love you. Um, you did push me in the other direction, though, a little bit. <laughs> and and here's why. First of all, you mentioned Nico, who is a good wide receiver, and I didn't realize how good he was. But immediately my thought was, well, you forgot about Tank Dell, because Tank Dell was also really good. So as you were talking, I pulled it up. Just for 
um, everyone's information. All the Texans and Packers wide receivers and tight ends I have pulled up on PFF. And I understand there's more than just PFF grades, but I don't want to sit here and go through yards, yards per reception, touchdown, all that stuff. You, you can parse it out how you want. There was one elite wide receiver in the entire group, and it was Nico Collins. There was one receiver in the 80s that was Tank Dell. So both of those guys graded out higher than the third place guy, which is Wicks, fourth place Reed, fifth place would be Romeo Dobbs. Um, and then if you look at tight end, Dalton Schultz is the highest graded tight end. He was graded higher than Musgrave and Kraft. So um, there really isn't even, even if you wanted to say, yeah, but we had Christian too, Noah Brown graded out higher than Christian Watson. So their number one was better than our number one. Their number two was better than our number two. Actually, you know what? That's not true because Romeo would be the number three. So our number three was ahead of their number three and four ahead of their four. But then their tight end was ahead of our tight end. So I actually think he might have had a better um, group. Now, I, I'm, I'm not saying they, they have a better group, period, but they had a better playing group last year. Now, I, of course, have really high hopes for Wicks and what he can do. I think Reed can take a step. Um, I know Romeo Dobbs can play better than he did, and he didn't even have a bad year. 74 grade is perfectly fine, but I know he had some kind of rough patches in there. Christian Watson was nowhere near his potential. And then, again, Musgrave and Kraft, we saw really start to pick it up toward the end. So I, I wouldn't, I would not switch receiving groups. And maybe that's just me fanboying a little bit, because Dalton Schultz, Nico Collins, Tank Dells is a pretty solid group. But I think when you look at the depth of it, Wicks, Reed, Dobbs, Watson, Musgrave, Kraft, first of all, but then also how much higher they can go. And to be fair, Tank Dell and Nico, they're both really young. This whole, both, it, it's what a crazy situation for both teams. Very young, very talented group. But I do think that he had a better situation last year. Now, again, we can debate it. And in fact, let's, let's just look for, for fun. Yards, it would be Nico, then Dobbs, then Reed, then Schultz, then Dell. Um, touchdowns would be Dobbs and Nico were tied, um, and then Reed and then Dell. I don't even know. Oh, yards per route run. Number one was Nico Collins. Number two was Tank Dell. Then Reed Wicks. Then Noah Brown. Then Romeo Dobbs. Then it's Schultz. Then Watson, Musgrave, Kraft, and then Robert Woods after that. So I don't know how you can slice this necessarily to say that the 2023 version of the receiving groups were better in Green Bay than Houston. You probably could if you want to talk about depth, I guess, more options, but not many more. It's like one more wide receiver, one more tight end. And even that's probably not true because Watson was hurt a bunch and Kraft was, uh, Musgrave was hurt a bunch. So I get entirely what you're saying, but um, yeah, that, that actually helps me move in the Jordan Love column a little bit more. Hey, Ryan, it's Jersey Mike. Hey. Uh so, I know you were asking for other things to keep the offseason uh, interesting. Sure. Um, and clearly, we're now in a dead spot with, with any kind of content. We're waiting for the combine. We've got some all pro days. Yeah. Uh, we got, we got, I don't know, we got some things we got to wait for. Now. So, I remember in the season, you, you had to sit through some calls and push some to the back. Because we got, we got allowed and we all wanted to talk. So I'm going to revisit something I believe that was got, that got skipped over. No need to apologize. It was worth skipping over. Okay. But anyway, um, <clears throat> I'm talking about some good food. All right. So take your mac and cheese. Now, if you want to make home style mac and cheese, that's all right. Make sure it's not too thick and creamy. Okay, because this, this recipe will be messed up if it is. You want kind of, it's not, it's, I'm not going to say it right, but you want a little bit more of like the more watered down kind of cheese, like where it's not really like super sticky. It's got some uh, flow to its consistency and it doesn't want to solidify that kind of mac and cheese. Anyway, any kind of mac and cheese you really like. Then, barbecue sauce. Uh -huh. Seriously, sweet baby Ray, not too much. Just like if you have maybe like a cup of mac and cheese, for example, you got like a dollop of barbecue sauce. Stir that puppy up and possibly put some ground chicken in it if you want to put some ground chicken um, or ground beef. 
depending on how you want to make it, if you want to make it kind of like more like Spanish Mexican style, then, then go for that. But do all that, mix that together, and let your mouth buds, your mouth buds, <laughs> your taste buds take you on a trip. <laughs> I don't know what it is. We got this supermarket down here called HED. They make what's called Texas chicken. That's uh, that's what it is. It's mac and cheese, chicken, and barbecue sauce. And I, one of my favorite meals now. So anyway, try. Let me know what you think. Go back, go. It does sound delicious. Um, I keep telling myself I'm not going to be making stuff like mac and cheese anyway. I had my fun. I went through all the different recipes and everything. Now I need to get back to making some meat and eating better. But if you're going to throw a mac and cheese recipe at me, I probably uh, should indulge. It does sound good, though. And, and it's, I mean, I don't know if I've ever deliberately made it, but obviously I've had like mac and cheese next to some barbecue and just like mixed it up and had it all together and it was delicious. So I have no doubt it'd be good. So Mock Draft and Green Bay Host 2025 Part 2. Okay. Uh, after listening to your response, I totally agree. I think you got to go with your strong suits, and I think guys that would probably be best suited to be doing maybe live podcasts would be obviously Jake, and if Clayton wants to do that, and Tim, uh, by all means. But uh, as far as just organizing, you know, meetups and all that stuff, playing loosey goosey, I think is the best scenario. But as far as just maybe organizing a couple of events to uh, get the brand out there and recognize, I definitely think you would definitely want to capitalize on that. So just throwing out ideas out there so that, you know, other listeners can maybe organize some events for you so that you're not having to juggle everything. I totally get that. I wouldn't want to do it either. But uh, just throwing it out there so guys can start brainstorming now. That's why I brought it up so that delegate responsibility, Ryan. Definitely delegate responsibility. Let the guys who are passionate about it go out there and do it. I just want to be a part of it because I do plan on being up there. I just don't want to miss out on anything. And I think it's definitely a great opportunity for you and your your uh, Packernet brand to be you know, get some exposure out there. So uh, just wanted to throw that out there and let the guys who are thinking about it run with it. So I'm out. Have a happy Valentine's Day. And uh, come think of it, for Carrington Valentine, isn't it Valentine's Day every day for him? <laughs> I'm out. Good one. Um, you know, one thing I've learned doing this, because I've had a lot of people over the years reach out and help me with this and that or whatever, Um there's no such thing as 100% delegation. As much as I would love for that to be the thing, and as much as that's kind of my expectation is, okay, here is what you do. Now you go do it. Um, that never is actually fully how that goes down. There's always a little bit of, you know, touch and base here and there or whatever. And then even if, if that's not necessary, there's still an expectation. Like, where did you go? What do you want? You know, why aren't you talking to me? It's like, I don't know, dude, because you're over there doing it, so I don't have to. That's that's the whole point. <laughs> so as much as it would be cool to just have a bunch of people that do things for me, it's it's always going to be additional responsibility for me. It's something else I have to track. It's something else I have to keep track, you know, to monitor and, you know, think about and, and touch base with, hey, how's this going and how's that going? And that that is my biggest weakness in general is I'm I am just the most disorganized person in the world. So trying to remember everything I need to do in a day. Like what, if somebody wanted to help me, they eat the best way that they could help me, I need a secretary. And, you know, we can come up with a different name for it, for any dude that wants that job. You know, administrative assistant is kind of a thing now, I guess. But the point is, I'm, I'm just, it's, it's very difficult to keep track of multiple different projects at once, especially when I'm, I'm creating new projects for myself every single day. Like, dude, you should look into this. You should try this. Have you ever done this? Like, look at this. I'm guessing what I have is just called ADD, but, you know, it's never diagnosed. So I just, it is what it is. I just don't know how to freaking focus. So anyways, that, that's the first thing that comes to mind now is, you know, hey, you know, I'll take this over for you. It's like, to some degree, yes, but then there's all, I mean, even on top of that, there's going to be like a conflict divisions, right? Hey, I think you should do this. And then it's like a bunch of people. And it's like, but I don't really like it. And I don't know. Should I just, uh, uh, you know what I mean? 
So the bottom line is, I think if and when we get to that point where this is my full-time job, dope. Like now, now we need help to do other things. Now we can focus on adding and expanding. But right now I am hanging on by a thread just trying to get the little bit that I have to do done. Not to mention I'm trying to squeeze YouTube videos in now and it's like I, I can't. So unless somebody's looking for an unpaid administrative assistant job, I think the crew that I have now is the crew that I'm going to have. And that's going to be it for a while. But I get it. I know what you're saying, and I know you're trying to help, and I know it would be good, and I know it's what should happen. And someday we can start um, pondering world domination. But for now, we'll just kind of take her as she comes. Anyways, uh, why don't we take a break? We'll come back and hear from Daniel from California. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now... Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, Ryan, Janet from California. Ship. I was just thinking about uh, some stuff that Jordan Love has said and stuff that Halfley and Richard Sherman has said. and I just really like where we're going. And, uh, like, the Halfley thing, right, with being prepared and having, you know, having all the time in the world to figure out, like, who you want to be, what defenses you want to run, and... You know, really being able to, like, come up with ideas and brainstorm. You have that time in the NFL. You don't have that in college. And I was thinking about some stuff that uh, Jordan Love said in the Michael Parsons interview about how just he just started trusting himself. And, you know, he knows, you know, that he knows he watches the film. You know, he has the, you know, the people break stuff down for him. And he knows he's what he's going to see, but he has that had that hesitation and he just, literally flipped the switch and just said, I'm not hesitating. I'm going to trust what I'm seeing, right? And I just wish, because, like, I think Halfley is the kind of guy that is an elite preparation kind of guy, right? right. Like, he's good at, like, putting it out. And I know he's a defensive coordinator. Like, just imagine if we had a guy like Halfley, like, on the offensive staff who is, is the elite guy who's not running a whole team. Because I think the floor is that guy, right? But... Like, who's the halfway on our defense that's going to be have every answer for Jordan? And 
I wonder if it's Mannion and uh, Clemens, right? I wonder if Mannion's going to be that that guy. You know, he's going to be brought up to pass on elite quarterback, you know, elite quarterback school between Lafleur and uh, Clemens. But that'd be cool. I'm just very curious because if he has the answers, he he he's better than great. You know, he's right. elite and. I just hope we set Jordan up with the answers each week, and I hope Halfley comes through and show you know because he, he talks a great game, and he nobody talks as good as this guy. One of the most professional, you know, well thought out, you know, guys we've brought in in a long time, I think, and just you know across the league, like who talks like this guy, right? Like everybody has their coach speak, but very intentional. So I'm excited. Let's get into the off season with free agency and all this stuff, senior bowl and all that stuff. I haven't looked at any of that stuff, so excited. We'll see what happens. Go Pack Go. Would be cool to have a guy like Mannion kind of work his way up and become an offensive coordinator for us, you know? I mean, even if he ends up becoming a head coach at some point, you figure it has to be kind of a slow climb. Well, maybe it wouldn't be a slow climb, but he'd have to become the quarterback coach first, you would assume, and then from there he would get promoted to offensive coordinator. So he'd be with the Packers for probably a few years before he ends up moving on. Um, obviously, we're just uh, making things up at this point, but yeah, it's it's a it's a fun thought. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about Halfley. Uh, I mean, look, I've looked at this, we've all looked at this from a million different angles, and I think it's pretty easy to paint this with a really positive brush. I think it's pretty easy to paint it with a negative brush if you so choose. Um, the bottom line is there are scenarios where this works. There are scenarios where it doesn't. We kind of kind of just let it play out. It'll be interesting to see kind of what happens through free agency and um, through the draft to kind of maybe help us paint a different picture or a better picture in terms of what direction we're going and how this might all play out. Um, and it'd be good to hear from Halfley and to hear from the players and try to get a little perspective on what direction we're heading. You know, the, the Jets 49ers kind of model, but also obviously he's going to have some different ideas drawn from different places. So it'll be kind of cool to see what the thought process is. And of course, you know, the the biggest thing, I couldn't give a crap about what the 49ers or the Jets do. Um, you know, we had uh, the 49ers defensive coordinator was just fired because apparently Shanahan is not super thrilled with that style of defense, right? As far as Shanahan's concerned, like the, we're, we're kind of turning the page and moving on to something different. So the, the most important thing is we get a guy that comes in here learns what the NFL is doing and the direction that it's going and, and how you beat NFL offenses and you go in that direction. I don't give a crap if that looks like Joe Barry or uh, Robert Sala or, you know, I, I, I don't care. I, I, Flores, whatever it is that's working. And, and you know, forget the, the coordinators, the concepts. That's what I want you to do. And that, that's going to be the biggest thing is can you be that guy? And then, you know, obviously I have faith in your ability to teach it. So it's just a matter of, can you identify it? Can you build from that? You know, can you build a fully uh, cohesive defensive philosophy around these concepts and then disseminate it down to the players and get them playing that way, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's a big, it's a big thing. And that's why it's such a hard and rare thing to find, but we'll see. We'll see. That's there's again, every reason to be optimistic if you so choose. Brian, I got an idea for a new type of like five minute podcast okay. that like summarizes those. the week's games and you're using a PFF score type analysis of the announcers. Your uh, rant about Romo just gave me the idea that you need to do a PFF score of the announcers <laughs> that how often do they screw things up? How often do they mispronounce names, which they did quite a bit this year. Yeah, you have to admit, bad. like, uh, the announcer for, that used to be a linebacker for New Orleans, uh, his name escapes me. He kept mispronouncing names of players for the Packers. And I'm like, it's your one job to know the players' names and pronounce them correctly when you're talking about them. So I, I think you need to do a podcast just doing PFS scores of the announcers and how well they did. And I think it'll kind of take off. I think people will really like it because it'll be kind of funny. It'll be kind of a laughing at, you know, uh, how guys screw up. 
and you know let people kind of vote yay or nay how they they like these guys because for one I'm not a fan of Olson I think he's arrogant and he has this bias that comes across uh, that I really don't like and uh, it, it just certain guys are just very unlikable and like how do they keep putting these guys out there when they come across that way so uh, I don't know I think you need to do a podcast regarding uh, the announcers uh, every game just uh, do the highlights of uh, certain games and uh, tidbits and see how that goes. So especially for the games in Screen Bay, because everybody's watched that game, so they know what you're talking about when there's definitely clearly, you know, things that we didn't like that they said or we did like. So just an idea for next year. I'm out. Well, there's one very big obvious issue with that, and that is I couldn't summarize that in five minutes. There's no way. Um, I do like that though. That, that is a pretty good idea. You'll have to remind me of that when the season boots back up. But, um, I, I mean, I, I would just have to pay attention because obviously I'm angry every time the announcer says something and I'm very verbal about the anger that I have. I just need to have like a laptop or something up there so I can document like what point in the game we are and then what was said and what ticked me off about it. Like, I, I wish I had done that for that, that game with Romo the game known as the Super Bowl, because it, there were so many instances he made my skin crawl. But as I'm, you know, trying to articulate a case against him, I'm not doing a good job because I can't specifically remember what happened, what the context was. I just know that he ticked me off the entire game. So I, you know what I should do is just, find, just I'll just rewatch the Super Bowl and I'll just do, we could do a practice run. We could do a practice run through the Super Bowl. I'm probably not actually going to do this, but I could. Um because he really did tick me off. I don't know. We'll see. That would take a long... The problem is that would take a long time. But I like it. I like where your head's at. You just got to remind me. Hey, Ryan. It's Peter Thomas from Milwaukee. How you doing, man? Good. I haven't called in a while, and I heard you were low on calls. So I wanted to mention a few things. First, I just wanted to say congratulations to you and the entire team at Packernet for an unbelievable year of analysis and live streams. Uh, all the video breakdowns and dude, legitimately pumping me up for every single game, man. <laughs> it's been by far one of the best seasons to be a Packer fan that I can remember. Also, uh, dude, congrats on getting through all the after dark calls after the Niners game. <laughs> you were backlogged there for at least a week. Yeah. So kudos for respecting everyone's opinions and allowing us a platform to be able to speak our mind, even in instances where it didn't even matter because the game had ended. So <laughs> thanks a lot, man. Sure. I really appreciate that. Second, um, listening to After Dark, there was a recent call from Kyle and Madison, and he suggested looking at a rookie breakdown of boomer bus players based off of the draft uh, speculation going into the season. Man, I think that would be a really great idea. Uh, I don't know if you have the time to do it, but uh, I'd certainly be interested in, in hearing uh, all of that. I can honestly say that I was so excited for the start of this last season with all of our rookies' prospects, and I'm, like, super pumped to see who we draft. Anyways, uh, I wanted to also speak about my dude, number 11, Jaden Reed. I was in Lambo before the season started, and I picked up a Reed jersey. I was at the Packers Pro Shop, and all they were selling were Van Ness jerseys. I was the only rookie uh, that I saw when I went there. So I had to get my Reed jersey custom-made, Knowing that he could be a potential draft bust. Nice. Um, yeah, I remember going to the, there's like a counter in the pro shop, and uh, there was this lady behind the counter, and she had to take a look at this handwritten piece of paper, and she told me that Jaden, Jaden Reed would be wearing number 11 this season. So I said, all right, <laughs> let me pick one up. I wore it probably every game of the season, man, and I slowly started to become the person that my friends would call and text whenever uh, Reed had like a touchdown or an awesome game. Nice. He became my pick, my dude, simply because I was so pumped up before the season started due to your analysis and your predictions. So I just want to say thanks for that, man. Really excited to see somebody that I was really interested in have such a great season. Even though I'm the furthest away from knowing anything about uh, college draft picks, I'm super excited to hear all the Packernet opinions and predictions on everybody that we pick up this season. Once again, Ryan, man, thanks so much. Hope you and, the, you and the family are doing well. Go Pack Go. Yeah, dude, we're doing good. I'm glad to hear that uh, you became a Jaden Reed fan because of my analysis. I don't even remember pumping him up. 
Um, I guess I do a little bit, you know, on draft day when I went back and watched him, I was like, oh, this guy actually looks really good. But I certainly wasn't taking credit for it, so I appreciate that. I'll start patting myself on the back for that more. But yeah, man, real excited about this draft and uh, excited to start getting into it and definitely excited to learn about this new crop of talented freaks we're about to get this year. Also really glad, I'm I'm sure that wasn't a super cheap experience getting that custom-made Jaden Reed uh, jersey at the pro shop so i'm glad that that panned out because that would have been especially if you you would have been blaming me for it but yeah man appreciate the call another year in the books excited for what 2024 has to offer but uh we got four more calls so why don't we go ahead and take a break right here and we'll see if we can rip through this starting with pedro the redhead from brazil with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Ryan. Hey. What's up? Andrew the Red from Brazil here. What's going on, man? So, I am right now listening to your latest podcast on Friday with uh, Mason Wolf, AI GM, mm. Hackers, mm. and I'm absolutely loving it. So, great idea. I think that that's something we can play now on on, on offseason. Yeah, but right. I got you an idea. Okay. Um. You were talking with the AI about David Bexiari and you're, you were saying about contacts and stuff. So what if you, you told the AI how many weeks the players lost because of injury or how many snaps they played, something like that. So the AI could know how reliable this player is. Um, so for, in the case of David Bakhtiari, I actually did. I went back and looked at PFF. And I told it over the last three years, this is how much he's played. And so um, I, I did want to make sure to provide. I wanted to give as much context as I possibly could to make sure that it was making an informed decision. So in the case of Bakhtiari, uh, since his injury, I gave all the breakdowns of um, very specifically how much he's played. Healthy life and the player's age. So they could know, okay, right now it's not. I need a great life, but this player is not playing that much, like like back or I don't know which player on the, the other teams. I think that that can give some context. So, yeah, let me know what you think. And if you do that, uh, I'm pretty anxious to, to see the results. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Yeah, so like I said, I did do that with Bakhtiari. The other thing I thought would be really cool is this would be great to do for like a live stream, but the problem is it would be too slow of a process. I know AI is getting a lot faster and conversational AI is coming. And so I think when we cross that threshold to where basically you can have a conversation where I can speak into my microphone to the AI, um, we're going to be doing a lot of that because that would be amazing. We could, we could do a live stream and I could have the AI, I could just basically say your role is to be the Packers GM and so then I could just give as much context as I wanted, and we could just have a conversation back and forth uh, where it can give a bunch of information. I mean, that that's honestly, is, and, and now I'm getting super greedy because the, the amount of help that I've gotten from uh, the robot to be able to do the podcast has been incredible. Just from, you know, summarizing articles, summarizing, uh, uh, summarizing, summarizing uh, YouTube videos, so I honestly don't even have to watch them. I can just find out what it's about, get the main points get the timestamps if I need it so I can reference it for the podcast, um, understanding concepts. If I don't fully understand, I can, you know, ask it like, a, you know, kind of go in depth and whether that's for scheme or for context or for whatever, some historical things. Um, but to go to the next step to where 
basically I have an assistant just sitting next to me and I can just talk to it. Um, that would certainly be pretty next level. And I know there's kind of things like that already, but um, I will wait for them to officially come out before I delve into that. But I, I, I did think about that where we're, we're very close to being able to do some really cool stuff. We already can. Um, I'm already using it for every, I mean, every podcast you've listened to over the last half a year, at least, um, has to some degree used that every description for the, uh, the, the titles and descriptions are all done by AI now. Um, the, uh, you know, when I do YouTube channels, titles and descriptions, the graphics are all AI for YouTube. Um, it's, it's, uh, a massive time saver and it's part of the reason I'm able to do as much as I'm doing in as little amount of time as I have to actually get it done. But I thought that'd be fun and we could do a lot of different stuff once it gets to that point. But I think it'd be a little bit too slow right now to, to kind of, you know, think of a question, type out the question, wait for the response, read the responses. I I don't think that would be great material. I mean, it could be if we kind of go through and, uh, if I could think of a way to format it so it all kind of makes sense, if we were doing like, for example, just, you know, how like spot track over the cap allow you to adjust players, you can cut this guy, uh, restructure this one. And the, the, the cool thing about it, actually, when I was doing that, some of it was behind the scenes. Some of it, I, you know, I didn't really bother putting it on the podcast. You know, when we re-sign guys, because when you, when you try to do that, I don't know what to re-sign them for or how many years. I can just ask it. What, what contract should I offer Keyshawn Nixon? Okay, I think you should do a, you know, based on his age, and you can give him all the information. Based on that, I think you should give him this contract. So you, it's a three-year this. Okay, well, how should I structure it? You structure it this way. And then I can just type in all this the stuff, and then they come in to, uh, you can re-sign them. Rather than just making up a random number or whatever for one year, you can actually do it properly. And the other great thing about, I, I know when I get on AI, I can't stop talking, but one of the, the massive benefits that's happened recently is when it first came out, um, the amount that the, the the amount of tokens that they had, which is the amount of information that I can take and also remember, was pretty small. So I couldn't do any of this stuff because after you fed it all the information, once you get down to the next step, it forgot everything already. So it, it kind of had to be re reminded all the time, and it just got to be kind of a mess. Now these things and and actually um, Gemini, which is used to be Bard, which is Google's thing, um, and it's it hasn't fully unveiled yet, and it is. Um, it's under their premium subscription, which I had for about five minutes, and then I realized somehow Google doesn't even allow you to search online, which I was like, this is insane. So I'm definitely not paying for that. But they, their token is now up to like a million. So it can handle disgusting amounts of data. It's great for these kinds of things where you can have sort of conversational um, things with, with lots of data going back and forth and providing lots of context and you know, when you provide more context, it remembers what you're actually talking about, as opposed to providing more context and thinking we're talking about a brand new thing because it just forgot everything you told it before. So these, these, as things get bigger and faster, and they're happening rapidly, so um, our ability to utilize it to have fun with things like this, I think, will grow also. So the whole thing with you know Bakhtiari and all that was kind of just dipping my toe in the water and kind of trying something new because I, I I do foresee moving a little bit in that direction. You know, I, I, part of it is I do a lot of this behind the scenes, right? I'll, I'll work it out with AI and then I'll come to the podcast and say, okay, here's here's kind of what I've decided. I thought it'd be kind of fun to kind of just do the whole thing live and just say, let's just do it together and have a robot GM and just kind of have fun with it. But uh, yeah, I, I, that's very a long way of basically saying that I, I did do that. I told him all the, the snap counts. I uh, told it the aid, the contract situation. And then it gave a very long, detailed thing about, you know, here is our list of options and uh, the, the potential ramifications of each option. And then I said, okay, well, you make the decision. Go ahead. You're the GM. And I said, okay, well, what we're going to do is we're going to, uh, you know, try to negotiate a, a pay cut. And then step two, if they do decline the pay cut, is to do a post-June 1, you know, whatever. All right. Fair enough. So I have fun with that stuff, man. I, I just I just have fun with that anyway. I mean, that would be like a fun game I would play. Even if I didn't have a podcast, I'd be sitting here kind of working stuff out, contracts and everything else. Be borderline better with like a spreadsheet, you know? And again, once, and I haven't even tried this. Maybe I'll do that after I get done with this because now I'm getting all excited and I want to do it. I don't know if it would be too much information, but it would almost be worthwhile to kind of give the entire um, salary cap situation of the Packers to the AI and then see if it can retain that information as we walk through each player and kind of make some decisions. 
and just kind of see where we end up. I think I'm going to try that. But we got to finish this first. So why don't we move on to Garrett? Okay, so I took your advice and I called the advertising yes. agency for Old Spice, which is a company called Wyden and Kennedy out of Portland, Oregon. All right. And uh, they are best known for doing commercials like for Nike. So oh, great. contacted them and uh, they're going to be in touch. <laughs> and then I'm going to... Uh, <laughs> They'll be in touch. I'm sure that's exactly what they told you too when they uh, didn't take down your information. Insert uh, Packernet into this as an idea to... Uh, sponsor you guys so love it i appreciate the ball that. is rolling we'll see how far the ball rolls i think it's off the but table but i already. appreciate more input on some ideas and stuff because one of them i thought of was a coach in the locker room and walking up to one of the players during halftime saying you stink and the player getting all you know upset about it and then he took motions jordan to come over and jordan walks over with a smug smile on his face and hands it to the player and they're like no you literally stink so there's some cool ideas that can involve uh, referees. It can involve Matt LaFleur. It can involve a lot of guys. So I think uh, it has some legs. We'll see how far it goes. But uh, definitely going to keep Packernet involved in it and uh, see what's uh, coming uh, next season. So I'm out. Yeah, I think my vision for that is similar to the Snickers. You know, you're not you're not you uh, when you're hungry or whatever. Except instead of being, you know, crabby and then nice, it's, uh, you know, you being a Bears fan or a Bears player and then not being. I mean, obviously we couldn't get Justin Fields to sign off on this, but we could uh, find some way to make it work where a coach is yelling at Fields and he says, you stink. And then, uh, you know, maybe the coach hands him deodorant or something and he puts it on and then all of a sudden he's Jordan Love. (laughs) Oh, boy. Couldn't be a thing, but I can dream. And uh, speaking of AI, I will make that a commercial. I will make that a commercial. I don't know if I'm going to be allowed to. I'm sure they're going to try to build it in where you can't actually use likenesses, but I'll find a way. I don't care. Figure it out. You'll get the idea. It's going to be great. Hey, Ryan. It's me. Peter the Hebrew from Brazil. I start looking at some players that are projected to go in day three in the draft especially defenders, and mostly on the secondary. So they figure out, okay, we will probably pick one or two players, at least one or two for the secondary, but what if we don't? And even if we do, we will probably pick more than one, at least I think so. So I start going out and watching some players, and there are two players that I am having a bit of a draft crush on. So I wanted to share with you. The first one is Kim Hart from Notre Dame. He is pretty good player and he is fast man. I don't know uh, I don't know how much he will have on forty or something like that, but watching his game he plays fast and he has I don't know, he has something on him and I really like him. I really encourage you to take a look. And the other one is James Williams from Miami. He is a safety, but he is big. He's like 6'5 and 2,020 pounds. He's really big for safety. But I do think that he can be that linebacker that stays more in coverage, and then we can send Quay after the quarterback on a 4-3, you know? So... Maybe he will fit well as a linebacker. And since we have new coaches and stuff, I don't know. I would like to take a swing there. So let me know what you think about these players when you have the opportunity to watch them. And, yeah, that's about it. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Well, I'm going to take the lazy way out, and I'll try to make a note of – getting around to it. I I have started corners, although started was something that happened a long time ago and I haven't picked it back up, but technically that is what's next and uh, whatever. But uh, Cam Hart, Notre Dame, 6'2", 207, a little bit on the larger side, as silly as that sounds. But he has been in school for a little bit of a while. This is year five, but year three as a starter. And um, he had a big breakout year in 2023. 
So, I mean, those things always kind of make me nervous where 2021, it was like a 71. Like, oh, okay, his first year starting, he's pretty good. And then he regressed and it was a 65. And maybe there was some injury. So I have no idea, but he regressed and then he blew up and it's like, oh, wow, he's really good again. You know, I just, I don't know. Obviously it makes you feel a little bit better if they're just dominant for three, four, five years or whatever, but he was very good. 83.3 grade, 74 run defense, 84 coverage grade. And then you mentioned James Williams out of Miami, which is honestly intriguing if for no other reason than everybody's talking about Cam Kinchins, who is the other safety out of Miami. But you want to talk about a big safety, six foot five, 215 pounds. That is, that is freakishly big. And you want the consistency, um, three years. And although his overall grades might not be the greatest, his coverage grades, 78, 89, and 86. So I don't know a ton about the guy. I mean, one of the things that always makes me nervous is when you, for example, 6'5", 215, you're thinking, okay, this is going to be one of those big tackling, whatever type of guys. And then you look at it, and he's not good at that, but he's a cover guy. And I just wonder, okay, you make the leap to the NFL. Are you now no longer really solid in coverage, but you're also not good in, you know, I, I, those are just the intrusive thoughts that come into my mind. But, I mean, there's there's no denying um the overall grades. There is another issue with consistency. A lot, for example, in 2023, 86 grade, but it was really just on the back of four games. Everything else was 60s and 50s. So he's one of those guys that just has these huge games. Uh, he had a basically a 90 grade against Georgia Tech, four targets, one reception with a pick and a pass breakup, and then he had another really big game against Boston College, 89.4 grade, four targets, two receptions for five yards zero touchdowns and a pass breakup, and then a couple games in the 70s. So um, again, without actually watching them, I don't have an official opinion, but those are just kind of my preliminary thoughts. Just, you know, what, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Just kind of looking at the stats and grades. That's kind of where my mind goes. But anytime, leaving aside his height and weight, anytime I'm thinking about Halfley's system, and I look at a guy that's got borderline elite cover grades for three years at Miami, it definitely piques my interest. So it's worth looking into. He is currently sitting, uh, where did he go? He is at 117. So he's a mid-round guy. But no no matter what, I just love it when people have like those certain prospects that just kind of make your heart skip a beat. You know what I mean? Where you watch something and you're just like, oh my goodness. And it's it wouldn't even be fun if we all agreed. I don't even care. That's why it's like arguing about prospect. Arguing is stupid. I don't want you to think the same way as me. I have a lot less fun when it's like, I've got a guy I like, and then everybody all of a sudden likes that guy. Like, no, he's mine. It's your own guy. Like, if it's first round or something, fine. We all like the guy. I understand. He's an elite athlete. There's nothing not to like. But, you know, when you start getting into the later rounds, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, whatever, and those are those guys that stand out, I, I might not get it. But I like that you like them because that to me is one of the most fun things is just finding those diamonds in the rough and just bragging about people that nobody else is talking about. That to me is fun. Hey, Ryan. This is Ethan from Maryville, Tennessee, man. What's up? Um, I'm driving home right now and I'm <laughs> abundantly excited for no reason, but I'm just thinking about this offseason and how I'm super optimistic about it. Compared to what it was last year, too. You remember we're right. coming off, and we've been a little bit removed, but we were coming off that Lions loss, not making the playoffs. You know, we had so many questions about Rodgers. Can he still, are we going to bring him back next year? And like outside of Dobbs and Watson, we didn't have, we didn't have anything to really be excited about from a skill positions standpoint. And it's crazy that in one year that that's changed and we have, just a ton of guys and I feel like that they all have different skill sets and it's great you know Wicks is that route running guy we got Watson with that speed still and Dobbs is just a great you know I feel like possession wide receiver did I say Wicks route running and Jaden Reed's a great slot player man and you know you look at this offense and you gotta think about how how high can we go next year and even what would it look like if we had a top 15 defense and with the offense that we could have next year and we just fill in a couple holes on the O-line, I feel like we could be dominant. Like Jackson Towers Johnson, <laughs> and if you get that, you get that. But 
Uh, I'm just calling to say that I'm I'm super optimistic about the season. I know we talk about, you know, regressing every year, but I feel like that's hard when your whole team is filled with rookies and second-year players going into another year. But, man, I'm excited and uh, ready to watch next year. Uh, you have a good one. Here's that go. Well, you're right, too. I mean, there's more reason for excitement now than there was last year. I mean, last year around this time, we were arguing about whether or not it was insane to believe that the Packers could be as good as they were last year, which was a team that was mediocre and missed the playoffs. It was, it was, it was, that was like the hotly debate. And it was like, oh, it's, it's not that crazy. It could possibly happen. I mean, they could possibly even be better, which was even more crazy. Now, I mean, that's not even debatable. Now it's, we know the baseline and the baseline is playoffs and making a run. And so it's a question of how much higher can you go? And the expectation is that you would go higher because why wouldn't it be? That was your quarterback's first year. That was your wide receivers combined had, what, like two years of experience going into that season. So, yeah, there's every reason. You know, rookie tight ends, rookie wide receivers, you know, the, the offensive line that probably will be improved upon. I mean, the offensive line was worse than it was under Rodgers, and the team was still better. The offense was better. And that's with half the season kind of looking bad. I mean, the first eight weeks, the offense was like, oh, this is kind of rough, dude. So it is cool. It, it's it's very cool that uh, it's just a completely different mentality. Um, there's less fun drama to play around with. That that certainly filled a lot of time in the offseason. I was just thinking about that a minute ago or you know, I was contemplating, like, what kind of stuff was I talking about last year at this time? And I, I do need to go back and look at that just to kind of see what kind of creatives are out there. But, you know, there was a lot of talk about stuff. I mean, you got to remember, this was this was the Aaron Rodgers saga time. I mean, it was this time last year, we didn't even know if Rodgers would be back, which is crazy to think about. You know, this was like the, uh, this was his retreat time, wasn't it? And it was, I think it was early February when he went into a hole. So just crazy to think the the difference that we're in. And, um, you know, one of the things I love to do is to to find similar situations and kind of just looking at them and saying, like, you know, here are situations that kind of parallel that and here's how it turned out. But I'm not even going to bother. I mean, I, I may do that in some other ways, but trying to find like an exact parallel is going to be just a complete waste of time because the youth of the team, good luck. So it's a very unique situation to be in, and there's every reason for Packer fans to be excited, and I'm excited about being excited. But anyways, I appreciate all the calls, guys. We are officially caught up, so I don't know what that means about uh, Packernet After Dark moving forward. Uh, as the calls come in, I will address it. If there's just a handful, we'll just do it on the regular show. And uh, if we get a flurry, then we'll do a show. But until then, I'll talk to you later. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.